Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, let me welcome all of those you at all of our churches, and especially if you're joining us today for the very first time, I think you picked a really great day to be here because we're going to be talking about a statement that Jesus made that I think is just somewhat shocking when you really stop and you think about it. In fact, most of us, we really don't understand the impact of this statement on our lives um, and because we don't understand the impact on our lives, what it does is it creates all this frustration that every one of us has felt at some point in time in our lives. And, and many of us maybe are even feeling this underlying frustration right now. We just don't know how to identify it. And this is especially true in a season like we've just been going through where like you're going through a pandemic and there's always this extra pressure and this extra stress. And what it does is it reveals things in our lives that we just wish that we could hide. In fact, much, much of the frustration that we have felt in this season, it's not necessarily been so much from the stress of the pressure of the pandemic kind of thing, but it's really been about things as we've gone through this stress and this pressure that we wish that we could change about our lives. In fact, it's been things like this. We would think things like, well, I wish I had more self-control. If I heard that one time, I heard that a thousand times during that pandemic. You know, I'm just eating way too much or I'm just doing way too many destructive behaviors. I, I just wish I had more self-control. Or people say, hi, oh, man, being home more, I wish I didn't always smart off and just say everything that I thought. I wish I would keep my mouth shut a little bit more. Or I just wish I wasn't so self-centered. Or I wish I had more time with my family. Or I wish I would be better at. And you, you fill in the blank. We, we've all had those things that we wish that we could change about ourselves because the pressure of life has just pushed them to the surface and we can't hide them anymore. Now, here's the thing that has happened for most of us. Most of us have been taught that when you have something in your life that you wish that you could hide Something that creates this type of frustration is the best thing we can do is something called behavior modification. That's how we have been taught to handle those kind of things that frustrate us in life. And so what we assume is the key to becoming a better person is learn how to better manage and monitor our behaviors. So that's what we've been taught. For example, you know, we've been taught things like, hey, when you're angry, you know, count to 10, or think before you speak, you know, those kind of things. That's what we call behavior modification. So what happens is we go along in life, we identify some of those things, and then we make this commitment to ourselves. We make this commitment to maybe our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our spouse, or our kids, or our coworkers, or fellow students at school. And we go, hey, you know, I'm going to change. I'm going to get better. Things are just going to be different from now on because I'm going to make sure that they're different. And you know what? They are different. They are better for a little bit because you know why? We're being really, really careful we're really being careful to monitor our behavior and to control our behavior. And then something happens and it pushes a button in our life and it triggers us. And guess what happens? It all comes out and we mess up again. Because see, all we've done is try to modify our behavior instead of addressing the deeper issues that are driving what we say and what we do. Those destructive behaviors, those destructive things that we say. Because here's the reality. See, they're hidden inside of us. 
because those destructive issues are hidden inside of us, what happens is you can go your entire life and never identify what the real problem is. And what will happen is you will always find yourself in this spin cycle of making promises, breaking promises, feeling guilty, making promises again, breaking promises, feeling guilty. See, some of you have been in that spin cycle with your life. And you say, I'm a promise. And then you break the promise, and then you feel guilty, and you come back and go, okay, we're going to do this again. You make the promise, and you break the promise, and you feel guilty, and you go, oh, i got to get control of this. And, and you try that behavior modification. And so what happens is you do that, and it just becomes a crazy spin cycle. Instead of becoming the person that God created you to be and becoming the person that you long to be, it's why you're here today, because you long to be the person that God created you to be, and, and you long not to have those kind of destructive issues in your life. In fact, let, let me just kind of give you kind of an example of how this has played out in most of our lives. See, as, as a kid, you probably learned, like most of us, that there were some things that you couldn't say and some things that you could say. You learned that, didn't you? So what you did is you developed develop kind of this zipper for your mouth and for your actions, right? And then what you did is you, you tried to keep any of that stuff that was in you that you knew would get you in trouble, you tried to keep that stuff from coming out. I mean, I did. My, my, my mom, man, she would tear my backside up. So I really worked on managing that stuff, you know? And then... As you got a little bit older, you learned that there were some things that you could say and not say if you wanted to get through school. So you got to maybe a little bit better at keeping the zipper of your mouth and your actions closed. And then you realized as you got a little bit older, if you wanted to get and keep a date or if you wanted to get and keep a job, then you better make sure that that zipper was really working well. Isn't that how that works? And then you get married. And boy, you learn. Man, you learn to keep the zipper closed, right? It's like, there's just some things you better not do. There's some things you better not say if you want to be in the doghouse and keep your marriage happy. Isn't that kind of how it's worked, you know, for all of us? So what happens is, for most of us, what we do is we just keep trying to get better and better at using the zipper and trying to keep all that stuff that's inside of us that's so destructive, we try to keep it hidden, and so what happens is over the course of our life, what you've done is you've focused all your efforts on getting better at behavior. You, you focused on behavior modification and, and controlling what you let come out of you that other people see. And see, and that's why people always oftentimes say, well, that person's a hypocrite or that person's a fake, that person's not real, because people know that we try to hide things. And the problem is that doesn't work, does it? It just absolutely doesn't. Because inevitably, at some point in your life, that zipper is going to break in the wrong time, right? And you're going to say something that is just going to really stain a relationship. The relationship maybe with your parents or with a sibling or with your spouse or with your kids or with a coworker or maybe a fellow classmate in school. Like you let something come out of your mouth that absolutely begins to wreck your career and the relationships that you have with your coworkers. 
and, and when those kind of things happen and they begin to destroy your home, your marriage, your working relationship, your relationships at school, that's really frustrating, isn't it? Because see, we all, we all genuinely, we want to change. But you know what happens to most of us? Here's what happens. Most of us, after trying so hard to modify our behavior for so long, after a while, most of us, what we do is we just give up and we resign ourselves to the fact that there must just be something wrong with me. There's just no hope for me to change. Because after all, we, we just can't do the things that we want to do and, and we do the things that we don't want to do. Well, there's some good news. Today, we're going to unpack what Jesus has to say about that dynamic in our lives. Because Jesus taught that it is very possible to break out of that spin cycle and experience real, genuine change. Real, genuine change where, where you're not making a promise, breaking a promise, and feeling guilt and shame again. Making a promise, breaking a promise, and feeling guilt and shame again. So Jesus says, there's a way to experience genuine change. But in order for that to happen, what we have to do, and Jesus tells us this, you have to recognize the true root of the problem. In fact, what we're going to do today is we're going to discover that Jesus taught the reason that you can't change is that your problem is not actually a behavior problem. Make sure you get that. Your problem is actually not a behavior problem. Your real problem is your heart. And you go, what do you mean by my heart? Well, my heart is that part of me that I can't see, but it is kind of the essence of who I am. It's that part of me that makes love so powerful, but it also makes relationships so painful. See, your heart is the core of your character. It's the core of your integrity. Your heart is that part of you that you live and you lead and you laugh from. It's the part of you that you love other people. It's, it, it controls that part of your life and your relationships. And so Jesus comes along and he teaches that the problems that we experience in life, they really originate in our heart. In other words, the things that you wish you could change about yourself, they are really at their root, not behavior problems. They are heart issues. But what happens with most of us, instead of dealing with our heart, what we end up doing is we have been taught to do behavior modification. It's what's wrong with almost every movement in our country. We're trying to teach people to do behavior modification instead of deal with the real heart issues. Now, what's interesting about this is that wasn't just a problem in 21st century world. That was also a problem when Jesus came on the scene. And so Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he addresses this issue directly. And here's what happens. What he says is he makes this statement. And a statement that is so surprising, but at the same time, it is very, very liberating. So today what we're going to do is we're going to read to you his take on this whole issue and how to deal with this 
personally so that we can experience real change in our lives. So if you're following along in your Bibles today, I'd encourage you to take and go to Matthew chapter 15. That's where we're going to be. If you didn't bring a Bible, we also have those notes inside the worship guide that you received when you came in the building. You can follow along there. Now, Matthew, if you're not real familiar with the Bible, is the first document in the New Testament. And in chapter 15, we find this conversation that Matthew recorded for us between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day. Now, you got to understand something about these religious leaders. They were like many religious leaders today. They focused all of their efforts on managing behavior. Now, here's what I know. As soon as we talk about this, some of you, you're thinking about the church that you grew up in. And that church that you grew up in, I mean, it was all focused on managing behavior, wasn't it? I mean, some of us, we grew up in churches like that. So there were, there were, there were like certain behaviors that you knew that you better do or you better not do. There were other behaviors that you knew if you did them, like you could get in trouble with the church and be excommunicated from the church and, and your behaviors determined whether you were a good Christian, whatever that means. Like you were measured as a Christian by how well you monitored certain behaviors that the church had set as standards. So, so you understand that. Well, that's how the religious leaders of Jesus' day thought as well. They actually, in fact, these religious leaders of Jesus' day, they had actually created rules to keep the Jewish people from breaking God's rules. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. They, they called them the traditions of the elders. And the goal of, of these traditions of the elders was to make sure that nobody violated God's command. So what would happen is that God would have this command for how mankind should live, how the Jewish people should live. And what they would do is they would create another rule to protect you from breaking God's rule. For instance, God's law said that you need to honor the Sabbath. So the Pharisees, they come along and they created a rule and said, it is wrong to handle money on the Sabbath. Because, see, they're thinking if you don't handle money, then you can't possibly do business. And if you can't do business on the Sabbath, then you would be honoring the Sabbath. So they made a rule to help you keep one of God's rules. But here's the problem that happened. Over a period of time, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they became convinced that their traditions, their rules were just as important as God's laws. So what they begin to do is they begin to react very harshly whenever a person's behavior didn't line up with how they thought a person should act based upon their traditions they had created. And that's why the religious leaders of that day and Jesus, they clashed so much. Because see, here's what happened. Jesus, he followed God's laws perfectly, but he didn't really seem to care anything about following the traditions of the elders. So as you can imagine, I mean, this just infuriated these religious leaders. Because here's the thing. People are going to see that Jesus is breaking their traditions and their rules that they made. And the next thing you know, everybody who follows Jesus is going to start breaking their rules as well. Well, 
That's what sparks this conversation that we're about to read in Matthew chapter 15. See, Jesus and his disciples had broken a rule that the Pharisees had made. It's a rule that many of you moms have made. They had not washed their hands before they ate. See, now here's why this was a big deal for them. Because to them, washing your hands before you ate, it was an indication of you being in a right relationship with God. See, they had taken this thing to a whole extreme. And I think sometimes my mom thought if I didn't wash my hands before um, I ate, I was not going to be in a right relationship with her or God. But maybe I'd see God quicker or something. He's like, you didn't wash your hands. Get up and go wash. You know, we've all done that, right? But they took this thing to a whole nother level because they determined whether you're in a right relationship with God based upon whether you wash your hands. So these Pharisees, I mean, they finally had enough of watching Jesus break their rules. And so they confront Jesus on that. And so that's what sparks this conversation where Jesus really kind of gets to the why of why we so often find ourselves just stuck in this spin cycle of behavior where we make a promise, we break a promise, we feel guilt and shame. We make a promise and say, I'm going to do better. I know I promised this before. I'm promising, you know, this time I'm, I'm serious, I'm real. And then we break it and we feel guilt and shame. And so Jesus is going to explain to us why behavior modification and broken promises don't actually lead to change. So we're going to pick up the story in Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 10. Here's how it goes. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. Now, whenever Jesus said anything about listening or understanding, you always know that Jesus is about to say something profound. And most of the time, he's going to tell you something that is going to be a whole new way of thinking or living. And that's what he's doing here. Notice what he says. Jesus called to the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. So he's introducing a whole new thought process. Here's what he says. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. But what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Now, you have to understand that this statement that Jesus made right here, it goes against everything that these Jewish people have been taught their entire lives. Because the Jewish people were very particular about eating clean food or maybe kosher food. So they're thinking, oh, yes, it does matter what goes into a man's mouth. And Jesus comes along and says, no, it really doesn't. It's what comes out of your mouth. That's the problem. Well, as soon as Jesus makes this statement, his disciples, who were pretty discerning, they they realize that Jesus has created this amazing firestorm in this crowd. So they run over and they pull Jesus aside and notice what happens in verse 12. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? Like Jesus, do do you realize that you just ticked these guys off? But Jesus is like, "I, I really don't care. Because I'm not interested in helping this crowd with more behavior modification. He's like, no, I don't care. I want to help them change their hearts. I want to help them get out of this cycle that is destroying their life. So then good old Peter, you know, we like Peter because he always asks the questions that we want to ask, but we're too embarrassed to ask, right? 
So he, he comes along and he says, Jesus, can, can you explain what, what you just said? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Because as a Jew, he was taught that everything that he put in his mouth, it mattered. In fact, the cleanliness of the food and of his hands and all those things mattered if you want to stay in a right relationship with God. Now, don't we all kind of know that feeling? Sometimes we read things, we read the word of Jesus, we're like, ah, what's he saying? We all kind of know that, right? So in response, Jesus gives us this fascinating explanation for why we behave in certain ways, why we do certain things that we wish we didn't do. Notice what happens in verse 17. Don't you see, this is Jesus speaking, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? If you want to believe that Jesus is a real person, he was. I mean, it's like just, hey, matter of fact, here's life, right? Too much information, right? You know, thanks for that obvious piece of information. You know, I think we all get it. But Jesus is setting up the point he is about to make. Notice the point that he makes. He's driving home. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. Now, if you mark in your Bibles, I would encourage you, if you're writing in your notes, make sure that you highlight this statement. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. Because I'm telling you, this is what needs to permeate our minds and our hearts. See, Jesus just said that if you want to know what's in a person's heart, just listen to what comes out of their mouth. And, and you go, wait, wait just a minute. And, and the reason you go, wait just a minute, because is how many times have you said something or how many times have you done something and you go, I, I don't know why I said that. I, that's just not like me. Or I, I don't know why I did that. That's, that's just not like me at all. And Jesus would say, yeah, that's why you keep struggling with that. Because the reality is, He's saying, no, what you just said, what you just did, it came straight from your heart. Because see, here's what Jesus knew that most of us are not aware of at the surface level, and that is this. You can't hide what's inside. You cannot hide forever what's inside of you. Now, here's the thing. In America, oh, we think we can cover it up. We think that we can keep that zipper closed and keep our mouth shut and we can keep that zipper closed and keep our actions and our behaviors under control. And we think that we can make sure and manage all of our words and all of our deeds and, and we can shape how other people view us and see us. But eventually, what Jesus is saying, your behavior modification is going to fail you. In that moment of stress, in that moment of pressure, you're going to get triggered. And you're going to let a word come out of your mouth. You're going to let a phrase come out of your mouth. And you're going to, oh, that's just not, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. And Jesus is going, oh, yeah, it is. Because, see, whatever's in your heart is going to come out at some point for everybody to see. But you know what we want to do? <laughs> When that happens, you know, we just, we really try to manage things and we just kind of bring things back under control and we want to convince everybody that, hey, what just happened, what I just said, that's the exception. But Jesus goes, no, what you just did, what you just said, it is actually a reflection of what is in your heart. Now, th this is why 
Young people, if, if you're dating somebody or even if you're middle-aged or older and you're dating somebody, or, or maybe if you're engaged, you should pay really careful attention to what comes out of that person's mouth when their guard is down or when they're having this real moment of honesty. Because I can guarantee you, if you hear things slipping out of their mouth, doing things that you're going, oh, I can promise you when they're married to you, they're going to leave their mouth unzipped a whole lot more often. It's just going to happen. See, people can work really hard to manage their behavior and guard their reputation for a moment, for a period, for a season of time in that dating season, in that engagement season. But eventually, what's in you, Jesus said, it is going to come out of your mouth regardless of what you do to modify your behavior. See, Jesus' whole point is this. You can't hide what's inside. It's going to come to the surface. So Jesus, in this statement, he's really connecting the dots for us between our behavior and what's staining our hearts. And so then Jesus goes into this expression of expressing to us, okay, here's some things that are probably hidden in your heart that you don't even know are there that you need to be aware of. Notice what he says next. He says, don't you see that what enters the mouth goes in the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. Now, this word these is referring to those things that come out of your mouth. So the reality is, it's not what you put in your mouth that offends God. It's not what you put in your mouth that hurts other people. It's what comes out of your mouth that does that. That's our sin, Jesus says. And then just in case we haven't gotten it, what he does is he begins to give us a list of behaviors that are all connected to things that are staining our heart. And I would encourage you to look at this list with me. Notice what he says. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. So, you ever had a bad thought pop in your head? And you thought, where did that come from? Well, Jesus says, it came from your heart. See, your heart, it directs and shapes what you think. So, Jesus says, hey, you, you need to see what's staining your heart because that thought, it came from your heart. But he doesn't stop there. He says, for out of the heart comes murder. Have you been so mad at somebody that you wanted to hurt them or you wanted to see them hurt? He said, that comes from your heart. He says, you have anger staining your heart. But he doesn't stop there. He says, for out of the heart comes adultery and sexual immorality. Literally, what he's saying is sexual immorality, adultery, those kind of things, they never begin as behaviors. What he's saying is adultery and sexual immorality, they start with lust that is left unchecked in your heart. And what happens is that lust, it grows and it grows and it grows. And eventually it becomes so powerful that one day you can't hide what's inside and you act upon that lust. And you go, that's just not like me. I wouldn't do it. And Jesus goes, oh yeah, that was in 
your heart. But he doesn't stop there. Notice next. He says, for out of the heart comes theft. Have you ever wanted something somebody else had so bad that you took it? Or have you ever wanted something something somebody else had so bad that you coveted it? You envied it? You were jealous of it? Whether you took it or not, Jesus said, that comes from your heart. It's a heart issue. He goes on, for out of the heart comes false testimony and slander. See, every one of us, we've all had moments where we lied about something or we lied about someone, and Jesus said, listen, for you to lie, to give false testimony or to slander somebody, that's a heart issue. And you know what's interesting is most of the time when we slander somebody else, we put somebody else down, we gossip about somebody, we, we're trying to point out their issue. And Jesus goes, for you just to even open up your mouth and say anything false about somebody or anything negative about somebody shows that you have a heart issue. You got an issue in your heart. Notice what he says in the next verse, verse 20. These are what makes a man unclean. And here's the thing. After that list, you really can't point a finger at somebody else. You know why? Because we're all guilty. You, you may not have killed somebody, but you sure hated somebody. You wanted to see somebody hurt. You may not have taken something from somebody, but you were jealous and envious of what somebody had. And Jesus said, hey, you, you, gotta, be, you gotta be aware. You have some things that have stained your heart. And those things that are staining your heart, they are driving unhealthy behaviors and they're slowly damaging your relationships. They're, they're, they're destroying your family. They're, they're destroying your career. They're destroying your future. It's, it's what's making you have to drop out of school because you got these things staining your heart and you tried behavior modification and still sabotaging you. Now, here's the thing. You can keep lying to yourself, and you can keep telling yourself, oh, it's not a big deal. I can manage this. I, I can manage this addiction. I can manage this behavior. But here's the thing we all have to understand. One day, when we least expect it, and we're under pressure, and we're under stress, something is going to trigger you. And that stain in your heart, it is going to come to the surface and you're going to say something or you're going to do something and you're going to be left with massive regret. And you go, how can you be so sure of that? I'm sure because Jesus said, you can't hide what's inside. It will eventually show up in your words and your actions. Now, here's the thing. No matter who you are, no matter what kind of facade you try to put up, we all struggle with this, don't we? See, it's why we do things that we don't want to do. It's why, we, it's why we say that we're against that and we tell our friends that we're against certain things and we tell our kids that we're against certain things and we'd never do that and that's the wrong kind of behavior and you never want to do that. And then we turn around and do exactly what we publicly said that we were against. And you know what we do? 
We, we tell our family, we tell our friends, hey, man, I, I love you so much. I care about you so much. And, and then we turn right around and we say things or we do things that wound them so deeply. And you know, none of that makes sense to somebody looking on. But it makes a lot of sense if you look at our heart. And Jesus said the only way to have integrity is to be a fully integrated person. The only way to fix that is not to spend more time trying to monitor your behavior and make sure that you look right on the outside and making more promises and making more commitments. He said that doesn't fix anything. That, that's just a, that kind of zipper is just kind of a mask for more inappropriate things in your heart. He says, no, the way you fix it, the way you get out of this spin cycle is you do the hard work of learning to monitor your heart because that is the only path to long-term and lasting healing and health for your heart. Now, what's interesting, about a 1,000 years before Jesus, there was a wise man by the name of Solomon, and he understood this as well. The thing that's interesting is he understood it. He gave this advice we're going to read, but then he didn't apply it. And you know what? It destroyed his life. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 4, I want you to listen to what Solomon said. He said, above all else, literally above anything else that you do, this is the most important thing that you could ever do. And here's the sad thing. He didn't even take his own advice. So you can sit here today and you can hear this and say, oh, man, that's good. That makes sense. But if you don't take this advice, I mean, you can end up self-destructing still. Hearing the advice doesn't do anything. It's applying it. Notice what he says. Above all else, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In other words, he says, you need to be careful what you let go in your heart. You need to pay attention to what comes out of your heart. Because see, what's in your heart, man, that's where your life comes from. That's what determines your life. You live, you lead, you love, you laugh from your heart. Think about it this way. You parent from your heart. You invest in friendships from your heart. You work from your heart. You manage your money from your heart. Now, here's the thing. Most of us, we don't think about it that way. But your whole life, according to Jesus and according to Solomon, your whole life is determined by what's inside of you, what's in your heart. So Solomon says, you need to pay careful attention to what's in your heart because it is shaping the direction and the quality of your life. Now, here's the thing. While it is important, and this would be one of your first steps of fixing this, to say, God, I admit, I need you to fix my heart. God, I need you to cleanse my heart. I, come, I humbly come before you, God, and I'm asking you to cleanse my heart, renew my heart. That's a good starting point. That's the starting point, but it requires a whole lot more than that. Because see, your heart didn't get this way overnight. And your heart, you won't clean all that junk and all that clutter out overnight. And see, what our tendency is, our tendency is, is not to guard our heart, but to blame everybody else around us for what's wrong with us. We want to blame everybody else around us for what we say and what we do. We want to say, well, I wouldn't have done that, or I wouldn't have said that if it hadn't have been for what he said or what they did. And let me just kind of remind you, I mean, you, you can't blame your way to success, 
Nobody can stain your heart but yourself. You are fully responsible for what you let in your heart. And that's why Solomon said you need to guard your heart because you're responsible for what's in your heart. Now, as we challenged you several weeks ago, you you just need to acknowledge what's in your heart. And that starts with you being aware of what's in there to begin with. The way you begin to understand that is by listening to what you say and watch the things that you do where you try to say, oh, that's not really me. Now, here's the thing. None of us, none of us like to deal with this kind of thing. We don't. Because then we have to deal with junk, and we don't like to deal with that stuff. The reason we don't like to deal with it is because we, we don't like to admit that there are bad things in our heart, but we have to be honest with ourselves. So let me just kind of help you. Let me just kind of help you begin to monitor your heart instead of your behavior by asking you a couple questions, and that is this. Are, are you mad at anybody? Are you waiting around for anybody or for somebody to come to you and make things right? You're just mad at them and you keep going, they need to come and apologize. They need to come and ask for forgiveness. Have you had any imaginary conversations in your head with anybody lately and and you're just kind of ticked off at them and you're telling them and you're putting them in your place? Jesus would say, that's a sign that you've got a heart problem. Or maybe yours is more like this. You got some things or you had some things come out of your mouth this week that you had to apologize for. Or maybe you secretly celebrated someone's failure this week. You saw them mess up at work or you saw them mess up at something and you secretly celebrated that. Well, listen, that's just not normal. That's an indication that something is staining your heart. How about this one? You got any secrets that you're trying to hide? You got some secrets that are eating at you? Anything going on in you that you hope nobody discovers or finds out about? Is there a question that when the question comes up, you always try to avoid answering the question? Because if you're honest, it's going to reveal what's in your heart. Or how about this one? Have you lied to somebody that you say you love within the last week or the last month, the last three months? See, see, all of those things are a really big red flag that you're caught up in this spin cycle and, and it's just not going to end well because you're trying to monitor your behavior and Jesus says your heart is controlling the direction and the quality of your life. So you need to be really honest about what's going on in your heart because see, you gotta understand, the most dangerous deception in life is self-deception. And we're really good at that, aren't we? We're really good at excusing ourselves and blaming other people for why we behave and act the way that we behave. And Jesus is saying, if you ignore this, it is only a matter of time before your issues in your heart begin to affect everything in your life. It's going to affect your parenting. It's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your dating. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect, if you're in a family, your siblings. It's going to affect your school and your work. Listen, I don't care who you are. You can't keep that from happening. I read just another article this week, and 
and, and as, a, as a leader in the Christian community, I'm always just interested in this because, you know, it always breaks my heart when I see people let down by a Christian leader. But I read another article of a Christian leader who failed drastically and let so many people down. And his statement was this. He said, I convinced myself that I could play with fire and not get burned. See, that's self-deception. See, we, we all think that we can have this behavior, this addiction, this little secret thing that we can somehow or another, we can play with it and keep it under control. We can keep the little fire under control. I'm just telling you, I don't care who you are. You can't keep from getting burned if you play with fire. Those hidden secrets, those hidden issues, they're gonna leak out into every relationship, every area of your life, because as Jesus said, you can't hide what's inside. Now here's the thing, here's the good news. If you're still trying to figure out what it means to be a Christ follower, this, this may be um, maybe some new information for you. Um, in fact, you may have thought that Christianity was all about just having behaving or behaving in certain ways, certain behaviors. Well, listen, Jesus said it's not about that. It's about your heart. And the good news is your heavenly father wants to give you a clean heart. Your heavenly father is not interested in giving you this really nice zipper to control what you say and do to keep you out of trouble. So today, as we close, every one of you at all of our churches, you have a decision to make. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have to decide if you're going to give control of your heart back to Jesus so that he can renew and renovate your heart and clean out your heart. And you begin to guard what goes in your heart, which means some of you, you need to quit listening to some music that you're listening to. You need to quit watching some videos and some movies and TV shows that you're watching and listening to. You, you got to guard what goes in your heart in this culture. It means some of you need to get off of Facebook and YouTube and those kind of things because you're going on and looking at things that you don't need to be looking at. You've got to guard your heart. And we become very sloppy about that as a Christian community in this season because we've been at home a whole lot more, had a whole lot more time to view and watch things. Now, here's the thing. If you're not a follower of Jesus, here's the decision you have to make. Will you embrace the forgiveness that Jesus offers to you and will you embrace the offer to renew your heart as you give him complete control of your heart? So as we close today, that's what I want to challenge you to do. And I'm going to challenge you to take a next step. For some of you, you need to stop by the gallery on your way out of the auditorium today and just have a conversation. Let us help you begin to take some next steps to understanding how to guard your heart. But for all of us, this is about saying, Jesus and I want to learn to guard my heart, and I'm going to quit monitoring my behavior. So help me. I give you full control of my heart today. Help me to guard my heart. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for these words from Jesus. They're surprising because they help us see that the real problem with our life is not our external circumstances, but it's what's in our heart. But it's also liberating because now we can understand what we've got to do to find freedom from all the destructive behaviors, all of those things that slip out of our mouth or cause behavioral actions that really are destructive. 
God, for every person who calls themselves a follower of Jesus, I pray that right now in this moment, God, they will make the commitment to say, Jesus, today, I'm giving you back full control of my heart. I'm asking you to come and renew my heart. Today, I'm going to choose to begin to guard my heart. I'm going to watch I'm pay attention to what I listen to. I'm going to pay attention to what I watch. I'm going to filter and I'm going to monitor at a much higher level those things that I let in my heart. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to speak to me when I'm letting something in my heart that's going to stain my heart. If you're with us today at one of our churches and you have never received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ for all of your sin, past, present, and future, will you just say this in your heart as I say this out loud? Just say, Jesus, today, I ask you to come in my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin that I've committed against you and against other people. And today I choose to follow you and I'm going to begin to learn. I'm going to keep coming back and I'm going to learn how to monitor and guard my heart. And how to let your Holy Spirit and your word and other believers speak into my heart so that I am living with a clean heart. And thank you for the power of your spirit that now is going to indwell me to help me have a renewed, clean heart. But I understand my responsibility is to guard what goes into my heart. God, I thank you for the incredible blessings that we experience as we allow you to have full control And as we take full responsibility to guard everything that goes into our hearts. God, help us to pay careful attention to what we listen to, to, who we listen to, what we watch. God, it's so important in this season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just made a commitment to Christ, please let us know that. You can let us know on the Connect card that you received when you came in today. You can leave those face down or you can put them in the giving boxes as you leave the auditoriums that you're in today. Or stop by the gallery on your way out. We'd love to have a conversation with you and help you take some next steps. Hey, we'll see all of you next week. Have a great week.